and welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, joined today by my fellow gamers and co-hosts, Shannon. Hello. James. Hello. Brody. Hello. Kieran. Hello. And Harry. Hello. James, what was so funny about my intro? What were you? There was nothing. There was nothing at? funny about what, your intro. Did I say something wrong? Was that another no, phrase I got wrong? No, I promise there was nothing <laughs> funny about your intro. <laughs> well, we've got an absolute team on the show today to discuss mostly Brody and your, what you were able to preview at the Summer Games Fest. But we do have a big topic to get to first, and that is, of course, Final Fantasy 16, another huge game release this year, Harry. Whilst you're not the only person amongst us all to have been able to play it, you did the review of the game. Firstly, what is your experience with Final Fantasy as a franchise? Uh, yes, I, I was lucky enough to review it. Um, as far as like my prior experience, I've played a lot of FF14, um, like ungodly amounts um, in the amount of time that I was invested in it, at least. Um, the original FF7, Crisis Core... Um, FF7 Remake, uh, I feel like everyone played Final Fantasy XV. Um, and I've also dabbled in the Thirteen Trilogy, and I think I've played about half of eight, which I need to get back to as well. Cool. Um, and a bunch so of fair, spin-offs, yeah, Type a Zero. A fair few, and, and notably amongst those, 14 as well, mm, yeah. um, because it's Creative Business Unit 3 that went from 14 to now 16, yes. if I'm yep. not mistaken. Cool. Uh, well, tell us about what you made of Final Fantasy sixteen. How did... Uh, how did your review pan out in the end? Yeah, I think it's excellent. Um, it doesn't the review really or the game. Both. I'm sure both. It doesn't do like the they have shifted to like an all action framework. Um, a lot of the RPG stuff is long gone, which is sort of something that they've been moving to for a while now. Um, yeah. I don't think they've just ever really gone like whole hog on it like they have here. Um, it feels like the entire game is built around it where maybe before they were a bit worried about fully committing. Um, so that's really interesting. I think it lands really well um, and it's really unique. Like it really doesn't do much in terms of like breaking new ground for FF or action games, but it does what it does like really, really well. Um, just tells like a fantastic narrative, an excellent cast of characters. Um, the combat is not as like complex as like your devil may cry or your bayonetta um but i think there's enough room for player expression um especially when you get into like some of the late game boss fights hunts the new game plus mode um it it's yeah really good like both for fans and and newcomers i think yeah i um i've played very little of it so far only kind of what's available in the, the demo and even that i've not played through and beaten yet um but yeah, the combat this time around, and I guess the same with 15 and 7 Remake speaks to me much, much more than previous Final Fantasy kind of turn-based games have. Um, I think one thing that's worth calling out, because I'm relative newcomer to Final Fantasy's franchise, and it was news to me when I first heard it. But like, this is obviously a standalone sort of thing. It's a new world. It's new characters. You don't need to have any of had any previous connection to find fancy no. in saying that then how did you find the characters and the world this time around um i think one of 16's biggest strengths is its world building um it, like valisteia is so well realized um there are so many ideas and themes that um cbu3 explore in this game 
um, to varying levels of depth, but through side quests, other characters, um, they have like a whole a whole character, like a whole NPC in Hideaway, which is like your little base of operations, um, dedicated to keeping track of like the lore, um, mm. the things that are in Valisteo. Because it can be not overwhelming, but it's very dense. There's a lot to, to sink your teeth into. Um, yeah. But it all feels like really well realized, um, really fleshed out uh it's and the same goes for the characters um i think the demo probably lets on that the narrative is going to be about something it's not um it shifts pretty Uh, dramatically um a third of the way through um it would be a shame to spoil that um but yeah most of the character stuff is excellent clive is i think one of the series best protagonists um fully realized by ben star who does an excellent job um portraying such a wide range of emotions. I mean, you see it in the demo as well, um, but yeah. there are so many other moments in the game that just like his his performances will, they certainly sent shivers down my spine. I think he I was growing to like the characters quicker in the demo than I have when I, like 7 Remake, for instance, maybe it's blasphemous to say, but it took me a little while to kind of get to know those characters and grow in a uh, relationship with them. Yeah, Whereas I this also, time around, I felt like I was immediately understanding people's motivations and stuff. Yeah, like, and I think the the localization is a big part of that. Like, I think um, the way that they've done this game um, has been different to other Final Fantasies in that um, mm. the script was written and then they work with Koji Fox to translate and sort of meet in a happy middle ground instead of just doing, like, a straight translation. Um, yeah. And so because of that, there's a lot of little things that Final Fantasy 16 does that the other games don't. Um, it's, it doesn't feel like a JRPG in the way it conducts characters and voice acting and things like that. Like it feels almost like you're playing a Game of Thrones type, you know, dark fantasy. Um, it doesn't feel like a Japanese game in that aspect at all, um, which I think will appeal to a lot of people who struggle to get into other JRPGs for that reason. Mm. Yeah. To bring everyone else into the conversation now, um, Kieran, you've also been able to play Final Fantasy, not once but twice, I believe, and yeah. had already <laughs> platinumed it unbelievably. Um, has everything Harry said rung true with you so far? Is, uh, as some, someone else that loves Final Fantasy games, is this now up there among some of your favorites? Um, yeah, definitely. Like, especially like it's 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 easily a clear favorite in the more the more recent entries um i think one of the things like obviously harry touched on a lot of the stuff it does get right but i think one of the other things it does really well is the way that it's paced um it has i mean like the the development team have described it in the past as as well as like a roller coaster ride-esque kind of pace so you go you kind of build momentum to these really big moments which in this game are like the big icon fights that you get to engage mm. in that like that sort of punctuate the story so you kind of build up to those moments and then they're, they're super explosive and exciting and visually amazing and then it kind of just like peters down a bit again and you get to like sort of chill and learn a little bit more about the world and reset and kind of move forward to your next sort of part of the journey and i really like the way that it does that and it gives you the opportunity as well like harry was saying to explore the law further if you want to by reading up on it or doing side quests, which are all like really, really good and like really well integrated into the world building. I think all of that stuff, like they've, they've nailed way more than most of the recent final fantasies, like since, you know, the the early days. So like that, that aspect of it, I really like. Yeah. I love how you can, um, I was going to say it earlier, you can hold the touchpad down at any point too um, and get yeah. like bubbles kind of pop up on the screen that give you like just a one paragraph explainer on, 
maybe a character that's in the scene or like um, a group or um, it, it feels very, like you mentioned Game of Thrones, Harry, it does feel very Game of Thrones-esque, at least in the start where you kind of got different banners. There's like a lot different to kind of houses sure. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But like just getting little tidbits of lore around that whenever you want is super, super useful. Um, Harry, I might come back to you. Kieran mm. mentioned the icon battles there. Obviously, that's kind of been a big feature of the game's marketing in the yeah. lead up to release a lot of the trailers that we've seen, so on. Um, how did those eventuate in the final version of the game? Did you feel that they were kind of more cinematic? Um, uh, what's the kind of word I'm looking they, for? Quick they time definitely, sort of things, or were they yeah. more substantive than that? Um, they are like definitely air on the side of being cinematic. Um, they're definitely less engaging, not engaging, but uh, less complex than like regular combat is um, or the typical boss fights. Sure. Um, but I think that there's enough to them that you never really feel bored. They're brisk enough that they don't outstay their welcome. Um, and a lot of the time the spectacle is just so mind-bogglingly insane that you can't help that but get swept, like, swept up in it. Mm. Um, I think like when I was talking to Kieran when we were playing, I did what would have been the fourth one and I was like, man, that was crazy. Like I don't understand how they could possibly top that. And then the next one is like you, yeah, it, it's it, like absurd. Um, yeah. the levels that they take these fights to. Um, and they, like, I don't know how well they will fare on replays and some people might not like how cinematic they can be um, because they are pretty straightforward. Um, but, like, man, when the when the, the soundtrack gets going, um, you've got all this visual spectacle on screen, these two titans just, like, juking it out. Yeah, it's, um, it's unreal. It's, and it really is, like... Uh, such a great showcase for what the PS5 can do. I don't think we've seen anything quite like that on the console yet. Mm. Um, yeah, just so impressive all the time. Yeah, I'm yet to experience one myself, but I remember seeing Kieran's preview footage and it just like seeing the whole thing play out um, was so cinematic. It kind of felt like those kind of God of War takedowns where, you know, just kind of takes the controls away from you and it's fully animated, but obviously kind of giving you some of the control for those more impactful moments, which kind of just makes it like, I would guess and it makes it kind of like land a little harder. And just yeah, it, a that's harder. a good comparison point, I think, like especially now that like the modern God of War games aren't doing those scale boss fights anymore. Like, mm. yeah, this is sort of what those feel like. Um, they aren't like used super often as well. Like they come at just the right time. Um, they don't, they, they feel special because there's only, I think there's probably only about four or five of them across the entire game. Right. Um, but like Kieran said, there's like a, a true build up. Um, almost like each one is its own mini arc in a grander story. Um, and yeah, they really feel like that that downward rush, like the roller coaster is, is the perfect way to describe it. James, you've also had the opportunity to play some of Final Fantasy 16. Have you been as well? Yeah, I have. <clears throat> Amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. Everything that we've discussed so far, that'll hold true with you as well? <laughs> oh, the contrarian! There's always one. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I'm not a contrarian. I I don't know. I I like it. I just want to like clarify that. You I just think wanted to good. like it more. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I, I did. I genuinely like it. Like, I think I'll remember it for a while. Um, like, which I can say for most of them. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I said to Kieran early on when I was playing it, I was like, you can really tell that like this was made by the team who made like the MMO rather than say like the main games. 
Um, I did feel like I, I don't, I don't, I feel really weird saying like the opposite of what you guys are saying after what you've said. No, but like I, hey, I, do, I genuinely, it's fine. Like I, I agree in terms of the icon battles. I think they're like really great. Um, I thought the first two were a little bit weak. Like I feel like the first one felt like a shitty Star Fox game, but like after that, like <laughs> it actually got really good. Um, and like yes, they were quite cinematic. But I think as time goes by, and without ruining too much, and you get a little bit more agency in what you can do in those battles, they definitely get better. Yeah. Um, which was also surprising to me. There is a there's a battle that you think would be like really epic. And I almost thought that I did too much damage too soon and like skip some phases to it um, or something. Cause it was like towards the end, there is a battle that should be longer, but it, it feels like a little bit of a letdown. Um, but overall, like I, I do think those bad, those icon battles are great. And I've, and I actually am of the opinion there's like an arcade mode in this game where you can replay all of the boss battles together. I think that alone is like a great game, almost like a perfect game. Just playing all of that stuff together without the in-between shit. Metro Dread is, did something similar, didn't it? Where it was just like a boss run sort of thing. I think so, yeah, but like not mode. not. I wouldn't say that 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 made that game better. But like to to yeah. me, like the like the arcade mode inside this game is actually quite cool, and like that removes all of the pacing issues that I had with it. Um, I love that the combat is like DMC, but I feel like when you transpose that combat from like a fifteen-hour game into something that can be fifty to eighty hours, like it doesn't it doesn't quite step like to me it just didn't quite stand up that much like i would actually dread going into battles it, with smaller is, enemies does that I almost is that to say it becomes like it's overly simplified and it's a bit repetitive it's or? not even it's not even that it's just like you know in in ff which like i'm sure you guys agree with me like if you go into a battle that's like in one of the old games like you kind of spend 30 seconds flicking through menus and you get some points right um and yes, that's not as engaging mechanically, I guess, as going into a battle with something for three to five minutes when you're just yeah. like hacking away at it. Like, I feel like there was just like a lot of things like that where it just didn't flow as well for me. Yeah. Um, and that's what I loved yeah. about Remake was that you could have, like, it, if you wanted it to be all real time, you could. But then if you wanted to kind of slow down and kind of be a bit more tactical about it, you had that option too. Like, it was an interesting hybrid of the two kind of traditional approaches to combat, I suppose. It's really, yeah, it's really um, tough for me because I was so up and down. Like, I, I there were bits mm. where I, like, I loved it. Like, I was like, this can't get any better. And then there were bits where I was like, ugh. Like, like there's a bit where you get a, an icon and then it's literally, like, about three hours of what feels like side quests before you can get to the next one um, after you get Titan. And sure. I and that, like, stood out especially to me. Um, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know what the solution is there, um, but like, I but I can also respect that it's the kind of game where I hate when you go into an RPG and you see an, a higher level enemy and like you can't, even though you've got the skill to take it down, you can't because the numbers are against you. Like, obviously, turning this into an action RPG, you can just like dodge and evade enough to eventually yeah. kill it. It might take longer, um, but like, you if you have that skill, you can overcome that. Yeah. Um, which I think is like a, a really, really like that's a cool aspect of changing this up to be like more like an action RPG. Mm. Um, yeah, like I like overall, I really liked it. Like I can't, I can't fault a lot. Um, I just didn't love it. I actually think I preferred, even though Seven Remake was a bit like over long. I think I preferred that more um, overall. Yeah, and also Karen, like when did. did- 
RPGs. Sure. Why do you have to stagger everything in RPGs now? Like, is that when did that become like <laughs> a thing? Like, I would love to have to see something a little bit different. Like, I feel like that was from thirteen onwards almost. I don't yeah, know if I'm yeah. making that up. Um, yeah, I quite, I quite liked. Uh, how do they describe it in uh, sixteen? It's like resolve it's, or it's something. Will. Gets, it's called will. It's will. will. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you break a character's will or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they they broke mine a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made no mistakes. No, nah, but like overall, like really good. I think the hunts are really cool. Um, yeah, the the boss the boss battles are great. Yeah, just like, like just to bolt on to what James is saying, like the regular enemy encounters are like good in the sense you can sort of express yourself and like you can style on them a little bit, but the boss sure. fights are incredible. Like they're so good and all the hunts are worth doing because of that. Um even like the the S tier hunts which are like the highest ones you can do. Um might as well be like they're close close to like super bosses um and yeah. you can just stumble on them as soon as they're unlocked and be like And then you and then you play new under. game plus then you get, then you play the new yeah. game plus mode, and they start dropping the S tier monsters into like regular fights. And you're like, fuck. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't know if I'm mentally prepared enough for that. Um, yeah, I'm eager to play more. Like, obviously, um, those that just played the demo, I think it's only a pretty kind of rudimentary skill set that you've got available to you um, in the course of that. You're just kind of like zipping about, doing hitting square four times to land a basic combo, maybe throwing in a fire blast here and there. But I'm I'm assuming that gets a lot more complicated in just the kind of like basic combat encounters that you have the further you get into like the you, game. A little, yeah, a little bit can, more. What's in the demo? I don't even, what's in the actual demo? Up, up, to, up to the end of the Phoenix um, versus Ifrit fight. Yeah, and there's also so like the a, first two another, hours. There's also another battle in the demo, I think, with like a few extra abilities thrown in. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I but I think when you yeah. unlock like the later icons, for example, like after Titan, they start getting really interesting in that they have like almost like these game plans that you want to be uh, aiming for, um, yeah. which is really the, cool. Like the quite final unique. one is quite good. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think that's everybody's like way that they would want to play an action game, but like it really, really. I really enjoyed that. It almost like getting one of getting this final icon and like being it changes the way the game flows and the combat flows, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, um, and I think that's true of the one like, you get before that as well, right? And yes. like I think that opens up mm. combat quite a bit in the way that you engage you, you you engage enemies differently. Like instead of just darting about the map, like hacking at things, you play a little bit more considered. Um, and I think when when they start throwing boss fights at you when you have more options um they don't let you slack around and just wail on them like you want to be precision dodging and making the most of your abilities and things like that and you can get into a real flow state with it if you get into it i think um and that's when the game is at its best and you i take it harry you didn't have any concerns around the game's pacing that james mentioned it'll progress pretty um not really i think maybe because i was so lost in the world that i sort of appreciated the world building not saying that that james didn't but um like I can definitely see there are definitely I can definitely see how someone would feel like, you know, you do this icon fight and you're ready to go to the next thing Um, and you don't get like sidelined. But the game will be like, hey, there's these people in this village, like go do these quests for them. Um, And it's in service to like building up. It was, that yeah, region it's, and these characters, but it does. It feels pretty tangential to the main just, plot. That just seems like, just like such I don't a typical wanna, RPG I thing. It's like no, it's like, like I don't want to kill. I don't want to help threat, these but, peasants. Yeah. I want to go kill a dragon. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> easily <laughs> label like, it as like padding. Like, um, yeah, there is there is like and even it's even to the point where it's like you know go speak to this person and then you're like okay then they tell you to go speak to someone else 
And like, okay, now go tell the first person you spoke to me. Like it's yeah. that kind of. This is my design. issue with Diablo at the moment. Like, the, like yeah. it's just <clears throat> a lot of it in FF yeah. just happens to be very well written, and I think that's why I didn't mind it as much. Yeah, um, the and world a lot of it is yeah. in service to the world building. There were some side quests I really liked. Like I said to Karen, there is one in particular I really, really liked. Um, which there's I a couple of really good ones. Yeah, but like well overall. Um, yeah, I just felt like it was a bit too MMOE, and I recognize people love that. Like, that's just not what I played mainline Final Fantasy for, you know. Yeah, yeah um, it does. It does feel like fourteen. Like even down to uh, like the music um, is very similar. Same composer, um, the and it's just like yeah, in- incredible. Um, and just little design decisions that like you can tell that it's the fourteen team, um, and even the way that some of the boss fights are designed, like. They have like AOE raid light attacks that bosses would throw out in an MMO and you have to dodge. They sort of have that here um, mm. in a few of the fights. So it's interesting to see how things carry over if you've played 14. Uh, what score did you settle on in the end, Harry? I forgot to ask you. We're at a 9.5 at the moment. Ooh-wee. What a year. What a year of big games it is. Um, Brody and Shannon, have either of you heard anything that's piqued your interest in gonna tempt you to set aside the time to play some final fantasy 16 uh <clears throat> personally uh look some of the things harry's saying is uh, is appealing to me like i guess i was putting this not on my radar at all because i don't generally uh, gravitate towards jrpgs but to hear it's yeah. more i guess action focused and less like i would uh, typically expect a final fantasy game to be i guess that does appeal to me in a sense and like the idea of it being more I guess, uh, fantasy uh, setting rather than not, they're all fantasy, obviously, but like dark and Game of Thronesy, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like, that's um, obviously appealing as well, but I just can't see myself, you know, burying, what did James say? 80 to 100 hours or 50 to 100 hours or something? Like, no, for me, it was 50. I think the other guy, I don't know what you guys, how long you guys took, but mine was about it would 50. would have been about the same, I think. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, about 50, and I did all the hunts Look, and all I, the side quests. I, I could see myself installing the demo and seeing how it feels, but. Um, I'd probably be satisfied with that. Two hours is a pretty ge- big game for me these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting to me, like a lot of what I've seen and, and heard in terms of like the big boss battles and it being sort of more action focused. But yeah, then I just hear 50 hours and it's like, I just can't see myself putting that into a game. But I do want to give the demo a go and see if it does capture my heart. I was telling mm. Kieran that I, I still really want to play Final Fantasy VII remake because i did play that for a few hours and, and was enjoying that gameplay so i want to like load it up onto a handheld or something and, and try and play through it yeah um yeah i'm gonna get back to 16 i've um set like played having played 15 and then 7 remake um i've kind of gotten more of an appeal for the game and i think like this particular for the series i should say and this particular one being it's a bit kind of darker and a bit more grounded and still has that very action intensive sort of approach to combat ticks the boxes i sort of need to dive into it um yeah 50 hours this time this year with everything that comes out is a bit of a daunting prospect you can do less you just yeah it is, it is worth mentioning he's probably James, about not 35 if you mainline it's gonna it. be more if that like it takes i feel like it always takes me longer to get through a game than mm. than it would you mm. <laughs> anyhow we better crack on because there are still plenty more to discuss um because if you haven't noticed it's a Bang a year for games, and Brody's just been to Summer Game Fest, uh, and we're eager to ask you everything, ask you about everything that you saw and played. Um, you previewed whilst away 
Alan Wake 2, Mortal Kombat 1, Cocoon, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, Armored Core 6, 5 Rubicon, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, The Deficient Resurgence, uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, and Star Wars Outlaws. I think I counted nine games there. So, uh, And that's just the ones you wrote up and have a preview on the site for currently. I, perhaps you saw more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Rather than go through each of those one by one, because I'm conscious we're already 25 minutes into today's episode, uh, I want to go around the circle, basically, and give everyone the opportunity to pick one of those games to ask you about, the one that interests them the most, um, and we'll kind of work through the list that way. Um, Shannon, I might come to you first. Which game would you like to quiz Brody about? Um. It's hard. Like, I don't know if you saw more of these games than what we did. So, like, I'll, I was going to ask I'll, about Avatar, but I don't I'll, know if you actually saw more of that or you just saw it early. So that's... Yeah, look, I'll... But regardless, I'll, I'll get that you would have been more engaged. So I'll, I'll, I'll I get think that Avatar... Sorry, am, am I lagging? I'm trying, I'm trying to not come <laughs> in under the tongue. Go for it. Um, I won't speak. No, no, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll cut that off at the knees and basically say <laughs> that I think Avatar and Star Wars in particular, I probably saw basically what you saw um ultimately at the ubisoft forward and all that sort of stuff but um i guess with avatar i may have got a slightly extended look um like there was a few extra little packages and stuff that they threw into the presentation but um beyond that it was much the same regardless i think you would have been more engaged watching it and you did an interview and and probably would have taken it in a lot more than than i did so i would like to know your thoughts and how you feel about that coming out of it um yeah so i've Obviously, listen to last week's episode where you guys talked about it, and I, I tend to echo the uh, sentiment of the group in that I feel like it's it's very pretty. I think uh, a lot of the sections, like with the flying, look pretty fun to me. But um, ultimately, I think it is mo- mostly it looks like a Far Cry game reskinned in Pandora, basically. So, um, uh, as long as things like you know freeing outposts and all that sort of stuff doesn't get boring and you know feels very samey, I think it could be a bit of fun. Like I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, getting around as a Navi and hopefully using their more native tools, I guess, rather than big guns and mechs and shit. So, um, yeah, it's probably one of the ones I'm lower on, I guess, from the, the UB side of things. But, um, yeah, definitely looks pretty. And I was surprised it's coming out this year. So at least it's uh, something to look forward to, I guess. That Lovely. That was quick fire. I, I appreciate that. Um, Shannon, would you like to nominate someone to go next? I thought you were going to just ask me for another game. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll hand over to James <laughs> and get this his This feels like the most inside. schoolyard thing we've ever done. I love it so School much. School captains, pick captains, everyone yeah. pick a team. <laughs> oh. Brody, As- tell me about Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Um, look, it's the Prince, and per- uh, Prince of Persia that you think you uh, remember Prince from. Prince of Persia. Yeah, Prince, Prince of Persia. <laughs> oh, uh, <kid> <laughs> it's the Prince of Persia you, uh, us old guys will remember. You know, it's a uh, action platformer oh. in, in a lot of ways, as you know. Uh, very Metroidvania-ish, allegedly, as far as the map design goes, although I didn't really get a scope of that from the... Uh, uh, the demo I played. Um, but what I can say is that it's actually the combat's surprisingly involved. It really uh, makes you get creative with like your amulets and like power ups and stuff like that. And it's actually pretty hard. Like the boss that we all played, like a, ha- a handful of us got stuck for a long while. <laughs> like it took me about 15 turns, I think, to try and beat this boss. Like it was, uh, it was full on. I'm sure someone as capable as James will get through it in, in half the time. But uh, uh, <laughs> for someone like myself, but uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's clear that. Um, you know, you can see the DNA, I guess, for like uh, it's the team that did Rayman and stuff. So you can see like the 
platforming pedigree there, but I think they've definitely pushed it forward in a lot of interesting ways that it definitely, uh, you've got a lot of reason to be far more excited for this Prince of Persia game than the Sands of Time remake for sure. So um, yeah, it's got a lot of style. Like the, the art direction is really cool as well, as you would have seen from the uh, trailers, very, uh, it almost gives me like Spider-Verse sort of vibes with like the time fractures and stuff like that. Very cool. Um, so yeah, one of the cooler games I played and I uh, got to play it on Switch as well after I finished my uh, regular session on the computer and uh, it runs really well on Switch too, like 60 frames and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah. Lovely. Lovely indeed. Sorry, I, I am aware that I keep lagging at the start of all these descriptions. Uh, so, look, it'll cut together all right, though. It'll cut We're together. just waiting for you to, to drop out at some point. Yeah, there's this moment where it like, stutters and we're all like, oh, is he going to come no, back? No, no. And then inevitably you do, it, so it's It fine. keeps bouncing back. Just, just yeah. let me roll, baby. Finds a way. Let, let me cook. <laughs> let me cook and it'll cut together. Don't worry about it. I'm pleased. I'm pleased you got to go hands on with uh, Prince of Persia and um, get a feel for its combat and that it sounds kind of, at least from the taste you got, um, relatively in depth and and challenging. I'd have thought, James, that's gonna all sound pretty good to you. Absolutely, I'm here cool. for it. Love it. I was just, I was just James, expecting you to get like do a would, cheery little jig or something. James, would, would you, you like to nominate somebody cheer or jig? In, in <laughs> <laughs> cheery jig combination of the two, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's work on the basics first. <laughs> Um, you're up to nominate someone to pick their game to oh. quiz Brody about. Well, I guess feel free to ask follow-up questions as well. I'll, I'm Kieran's shaking his head. So, as in typical teacher fashion, I'm going to go Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> great, great, um, Brody. I <laughs> note that your your game of the show uh, was Cocoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do love me a Jep joint. Um, but I still like just looking at like footage and, and screenshots and stuff. I still don't quite get how this like the, the general flow of this game. Like what what did you like play and, and how does it feel? Um, yeah, it's obviously pretty different to his other games, which are, I guess, yeah, your more typical atmospheric platformer. Um, this one's obviously more isometric, probably a little more action focused, but it's still obviously very much a puzzle game. Um, you basically, you get dropped into this alien world with no sort of explanation. You're like this little bug creature with wings and, um, yeah, you basically go around and a lot of the mechanics involve like picking up these little orbs. Um, and so these will have like multiple different powers throughout, uh, your time, but some of them like simply open doors, some of them like activate light bridges that you can go across. But once you reach these particular cradles that you can put them in, um, you're allowed, you, you can go within them and basically go a layer deeper into another world and it all happens like really seamlessly looks really great um so it's basically just yeah trying to find your way through this world solving puzzles as you go and then i think each of these little orbs from what i could glean because i got through two of them um they each have like a boss fight at the end which um isn't combat intensive or anything like that it's more like using the mechanics that you've um uh, i guess uncovered and sort of worked out to that point to uh beat the boss so like whether it's picking up an orb and like holding down a button to detonate it and like doing like damage to him that way and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, very different to his other games, but like still got that, you know, like dr- just drips with atmosphere. Uh, the art direction's great. Like obviously far less muted than his other work. And uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the, the best games I played at SGF. So I'm really high on it. So it does very much nice. sound like a, a Brody ass game. Absolutely. We love that. <laughs> Kieran, who's uh, who's your nomination? If you don't have any more follow up questions, um, I don't have any more follow up questions, and I'm sorry, Ewan, but I'm going to nominate Harry. 
Um, Brody, Hello. tell us about Armored Core. Oh, oof, I was hoping someone wouldn't ask about Armored Core. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can go Mortal Kombat. If uh, no, you no, no. Look, uh, look, <laughs> as far as uh, Armored Core goes, like. Uh, as I established in my preview, I don't have any history with the franchise. I'm not a Souls player, so like I don't even have that frame of reference uh, coming at it like as a From Software player. But um, look, it's uh, <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the slice I saw, like it's uh, the areas are really like big and expansive, uh, and yet uh, it gives you a lot of options in uh, as how you get around to your objectives and stuff like that. Um, uh, there's like a boost uh, that you can use with your uh, mechs that uh, sort of allows you to like come at it from a lot of different angles. Like you can like put thrusters on to like fly or you can go other routes. So it feels very emergent and dynamic in that sense. So whether that's like other games, I, c- I couldn't tell you. But um, uh, and during the demonstration, they gave us like a lot of examples of like how the combat can sort of differ up and stuff like that. Uh, so like they took us through a fight where they like deliberately lost basically to show that their loadout for this particular mech wasn't like up to scratch. And then in between like reloads, like you can go into like the assembly menu and like completely like redo your chassis and like, uh, I guess like switch up an experiment on the fly, which seems like really Mm. fun and exciting for people who are into that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, it looks very much like what I would expect. It doesn't look like it's taken a lot as I I think they've already said it. It doesn't really take a lot of guidance from like souls or anything like that, or hasn't been informed by what they did with that, which is probably good for long-term fans of Armored Core. Um, but yeah, like I said in the preview, it's definitely got the coolest fucking name of any game that I've uh, seen this year. <laughs> like Fires of Rubicon is just metal as. So um, yeah, look, I think if you're an Armored Core fan, I think it's really going to appeal to you. Um, I, I expect there'll probably be like the subsect of like so- from soft fans who come across from Elden Ring who might not vibe with it. But um, yeah, if you're into uh, Armored Core, I think you'll like what you see. Very good. Was it was it like hard? Did you get a sense that it had uh, any like souls? Uh, I didn't get to. Uh, so Armored Core's one I didn't play. That was a hands off yeah. presentation. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, it, it looks pretty involved. Like it's pretty quick, and um, obviously it involves like you're blocking and you're, you're dashing out the way and all that sort of stuff. So very like sure. action action oriented. But um, yeah, and like big big scale bosses and stuff that you'll uh, obviously seen probably have seen in some preview footage. Like uh, so. Would I say it's hard? Yeah, I think it would be. I think the other games are meant to be hard. Like, I think it always has been pretty tricky. So it looks like it definitely keeps that spirit up. Did they touch on the controls at all? Because that's typically what's been, like, really weird about Armored Core is that the controls are ungodly, but once you wrap your head around them, they're really sick. (laughs) Not that I recall, sorry. Not that I recall. You didn't bring back, like, the A4 sheet with the controls all mapped out, no? Didn't get one. Uh, Like I said, we didn't play it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. They only do that when you play. Um, Look, I'm very surprised Jameson asked about Mortal Kombat 1. So I was thinking maybe I just, you know... He probably knows I'm not equipped to talk about it, which is fair. Ask about that one. But uh, I'm a little disappointed you didn't get to play any of Star Wars Outlaws because that was kind of, like what I really wanted to pick your brains about. But second yeah. to that, it was Alan Wake 2. And based yep. on what I've heard from other people coming away from Summer Game Fest, they all seem to have walked away from the preview of that game raving. Were you in the same boat? Did it knock your socks off as well? Yeah, definitely. Like I was already excited to see it and very like high on it going in as an Alan Wake fan from like the first game. Um, so I believe what I did get to see was basically an extended version of the mission that you saw in like the uh, SGF trailers. And I think the Sony conference that they did so it was a mission called the heart which basically um uh i think it basically involved saga getting into bright falls 
uh, and sort of walking the perimeter of Cauldron Lake to try and find the body of uh, Robert Nightingale, who's like the uh, FBI agent that I think goes missing in the first game. Um, so yeah, it, it basically was just an extended look at that. Obviously, goes into all the combat that we already saw. Things I took away from it that it's like definitely very much leaning into survival horror. So uh, get a few friends around Yui because you are going to be way ahead of this you, Brody. Um, <laughs> like they've completely like revamped the invent system, so it's more like you know your Resident Evils and stuff like that. Jump scares are plenty, based on what I saw. Um, and so, and, and they also went into a few of the uh, gameplay mechanics, like uh, Saga's Mind Place, which is basically like a, <clears throat> um, I guess it's like a little mental construct that she's created for herself to go within and sort of uh, refer to case notes and all that sort of stuff and go to her case board and try and piece together clues, um, which is another thing that is new to the game is like an investigation board, which um, as you uncover clues in the world, you basically go in and like piece them into sequence to try and uh, work out what the next step in the case is, which, yeah, it's very cool. Very uh, true detective uh, inspired, obviously. Um, (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, yeah, I think we're what just this. happened? Is there a monkey in room? Do, you, <laughs> do you have a monkey in your room, James? <laughs> uh, yeah, there may be other people in my house. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I love uh, that instead of muting, you just let it happen. No, I didn't realize it was Let's a monkey continue. in my house. Um, yeah, so obviously... Those two things, uh, coupled with obviously what we already know of Alan Wake, uh, uh, promises to be a very exciting uh, a package. So uh, obviously I only got to see that mission. And uh, oh, another thing that I saw from that uh, presentation was a thing that they call the overlap, which basically Ooh. is a new sort of, uh, you've got the dark place where Alan is and you've got Bright Falls Cauldron Lake Watery where Saga is investigating. Obviously the campaign split into two parts, yeah. um, but you've also got these overlap parts where like, part of the dark places like bleeding into the real world because Alan's obviously trying to write his way out and all that sort of stuff. So um, there's a part in the mission where Saga goes into the overlap and it's all like real mind fucky and like the world's like sort of bleeding together and like glitching out and stuff. And it's very visually uh, pleasing as you can imagine. So um, it certainly sounds like there's plenty of um, influence from control. hundred percent. That's what I was going to say. Like it's yeah. very much Alan Wake still with those like little, uh, if you've played Alan Wake and Control for that matter, like Remedy are very good at like bleeding like live action stuff into, uh, I guess the pre-rendered scenes and all that sort of stuff and all that's yeah. still present uh, very clearly. So um, yeah, it's basically like, it's, it makes me so glad that we've had to wait like 13 years for this sequel because Alan Wake, if they had done it three or four years after the fact, it definitely wouldn't have been what this is. So I'm glad it exists in the way it does and that it's been so informed by Control uh, in that sense. So yeah, it's definitely the most exciting thing I probably saw. Um, mm-hmm. uh, hands off at um, Summer Game Fest, and yeah, October can't come soon enough. Sick. Yeah, I suppose we uh, we better pay some respect to uh, Quantum Break as well, and the uh, the yeah. valuable <clears throat> Quantum Break was good. Quantum all, Break was good. I yeah. really enjoyed. Quantum it's also Break. part of that world. It's just it not is. as yeah. much of it. <laughs> the remedy, the remedy verse, is that the remedy? Universe? I don't care what it's called. Does it, it have a catchy exists. name? That's like all I care about. <laughs> but yeah. Um, hmm. Well, was there anything else you wanted to shout out, Brody, or if we kind of covered the stuff you were most excited about? That, that's pretty much the bulk of it. The only other thing that I probably I, I did play that 
really did appeal to me was um, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, Phantom Liberty. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I got, a, got to play that for about an hour. And, um, yeah, everything you would have read online so far about it, like, being completely revamped and changed. And, obviously, just the setting of Dogtown itself. And Idris Elba is just a fucking cool dude. So, um, like, it, it's a really exciting expansion and i really like what i played so far and i was annoyed that i had to hand it back over so it's actually made me go back and i've um started playing cyberpunk 2077 again so might finish that review yeah uh, the score's coming. <laughs> it's been a review in progress for almost three years so I'll, I'll i'll round back around to it but um yeah so that's a go on sorry no, I think it's good that like our main channel actually like we should go back to that at some point. <laughs> and then they announced yeah. like uh, so much quality of life change. Well, they're updating in. it. Yeah, that's <clears throat> yeah. I feel like, so, like every I, time I go to something's like it's next gen or it's, it's something weird. else coming. It's weird that like this game will be so different yeah. from what it was all those years ago mm. when yeah. you started. Yeah. I, I, like having played, I, th- I, th- I think it definitely improved with like the edge runners um, update and all that sort of stuff. So <clears throat> yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm keen to jump back into it as well. I've not played it since launch. I had a relatively like pain-free experience with it when it came out, like a couple of the glitches, but nothing like what we saw memed to all hell. Um, But yeah, it just didn't seem to like pack the same sort of punches like The Witcher did. I just didn't get lost in the same world as I did or care for the story nearly as much. Um, But yeah, maybe kind of with some kind of polished up systems and a bit of a fresh story in there, I can kind of find my way back into it. So I never really dabbled with much of the side mission stuff too. I just kind of powered through the campaign. So maybe it was a fault of my own. Um, speaking of what we've been playing though, I'm conscious there's lots of demos that have been kicking around. Obviously we mentioned Final Fantasy and that's demo, which I'm sure people are playing at the moment, but has anyone played any other demos they wanted to shout out, be it at like Steam Next Fest? Or... <laughs> have we played some demos? Holy have hell. We? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One I'll quickly shout out that I've really been enjoying and will probably be part of the part two Steam Next Fest write-up that Kieran and I will inevitably do um, yeah. is a Knuckle Sandwich. And I mentioned it in the before we started, but it's uh, developed in Victoria by a fellow with the last name Brophy. I can't remember his first name. Um, it's like Alex I remember why. Yeah. I can see why you remembered his last name. Yeah, Brophy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a very Earthbound inspired. Like it's a cool turn-based RPG with a very quirky sense of humor. So if you're into like... Um, uh yeah like undertale and earthbound obviously uh it'll appeal i think i've heard it described as earthbound for like the fast food worker instead of like the fantasy hero basically so it's uh <laughs> yeah it's uh that's a cool that one for sure fun. what about self Kieran? you played something um yeah like a lot of what i've played so far in the next fest is just stuff that i was already keen for um so nothing that's like kind of like surprising or or, or stands out a lot so far but like um Stuff like wooden weather, like really, really some really good Aussie made games in the in the mix. I feel this year with with Next Fest, mm. um, wooden weather is a really cool. Like, I got I actually got to play a little bit of it at the studio. I think it was like last year for something that um, Screen Vic was doing. But it's like it's like the typical like God game where you have like an overhead view and you can interact with this world. But it's a little like wooden block world with like little wooden block people, and you're like, you know, ethereal otherworldly hand isn't just like there like to click on stuff you can actually like walk it around the world and like pick stuff up and pull levers and it's all about experimentation and you kind of like have to earn inspiration from these people by figuring out what it is they need and going out in the world and physically giving it to them so that i thought that was really cool it's definitely one worth um worth keeping an eye out for nice that does sound neat that sounds like a neat puzzler um 
I had a vested interest to ask you about demos because I wanted the opportunity to talk about Lies of P, which I managed to, to fire up. Oh, yeah. Barely played like more than half an hour of this game. So really don't have a lot to go off so far. But holy smokes, is it is it is just shamelessly blood porn. Um, just like down that's to fine. the animations when, and stuff. Yeah, honestly, when no one else is fine. doing, they're not doing like, it. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> It's, it's a pretty enough. good one as well, right? Like the demo is like even though it's a small slice yeah, of it it's it pretty promising yeah absolutely it doesn't feel like a knockoff bloodborne it found it feels like the team that made bloodborne are delivering a sequel like that, that that's just kind of as much praise as i feel i can give it um uh, but like i mean in, in saying that like the world that they've created the enemy design that all feels very kind of original and and again as if like the talent of the team that worked on bloodborne then went and did something in a different universe um so yeah really keen to play more of that i was uh very much enjoying it um and yeah anyone that's kind of got that sort of itch to scratch maybe off the back of elden ring or whatever definitely like make the time to go and play that demo um but i suppose we better move on and fire a rapid fire question your way brody you called out as we uh, started the show you sent me a text message and said you and you've not put in a rapid fire question in today's show notes and i panicked and i thought of one on the spot uh and i don't know how it's going to go but You've i don't like keeping you all on the toes thank you you like the question excellent <laughs> it's okay um a f- <laughs> it's okay um so a photo of nicholas cage hanging out with hideo kojima did the rounds online this week I'm eager to ask you, is this your dream collab or is there someone else you would rather see work with Hideo Kojima, be an actor, musician, another game creator, go crazy? Uh, Kieran, I'm going to put you on the spot first. Who'd be your pick to work with Hideo Kojima? Oh, we have to pick someone. I thought you were just asking if we'd rather see someone else. I was going to say yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm going to be boring and say... Del Toro, because it was going to happen and then it didn't, and I still want it to happen. You mean like more than he already has? Like kind of actually do a proper I mean his 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 part in Death Stranding was just like his likeness, but I mean like an actual like like a PT like project. Did he not lend his voice to it as well? I thought he had. I don't, nah, he was no? the, I don't think the, so. the visual for the character. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh James, what about you? Who'd be your pick? Um, I don't know, actually. I go go to someone else. I was gonna say like <laughs> Demi Lovato or Leah Michelle, but like neither of them. Not real. Oh my god. <laughs> she can't read a script, Unhinged. so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'd believe it though. Like Hideo Kojima, like I would never have nah. guessed Norman Reedus was gonna be his right hand man, but here we are. Who's like in right now? He really goes for them. Like I feel like like I could see like a Margot Robbie appearance like arena sawayama harry styles perhaps yeah i can uh, see that uh, yeah yeah Yeah. uh harry do you have a a name you want to chuck in the the proverbial hat Mm, i'm all for nick cage in death stranding too but um bouncing off what kieran said with like collaboration i would love to see what him and jordan peele would come up with i know that they were together very briefly a while back but um that would be fascinating it's a very good shout i want to stick with the like director theme um and say either alex garland having watched a couple um of their films recently that'd be really cool um or i was gonna say neil blomkamp who i just doesn't do enough anymore but Mm. i love like his approach to sci-fi 
and I reckon they could do something kind of cool together mm. as well. What about Tom Cruise? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's something I he can needs totally see happening. Yeah, he needs <laughs> the help. So, um, I'm going to say Michael Sarah. Okay. All yeah. right. I reckon cool. he could. It could be the renaissance for Michael Sarah. You watch. <laughs> it was in Black yeah, Mirror. Was... He had a cameo in Black did he? Mirror. Did he? he did he really? Yeah. I haven't watched the right. new Black Mirror. Spoiler yeah, alert. Sorry. I was oh, going to ask, what's what's Michael Sarah done recently? It doesn't matter. I think I remember him Scott being Pilgrim. in like, American <laughs> Hustle, in which I think he played himself. He's in Barbie. Was it American Hustle? He's in, oh, he's in Barbie, yes. He's in Barbie. I don't so think he's in American else. Hustle. No, do, you mean, do you mean like uh, film... This is the End? No. What's the film about gambling? American Hustle isn't about gambling. Now you it? see me? No, no that's no. Uh, that's mag- that's magic. That's magic. <laughs> the film. And I think um Oceans Eleven. <laughs> you know what? 13. This is I'll tweet about it later. Once We're I just tossing it out at this point. <laughs> let's play let's, let's play what's the IMDB. Yeah, yeah. Uh let's play a game of some kind, but not what's the IMDB. What's the wiki instead or what the wiki is it's not not pluralized, Led. What the wiki is the press up podcast what's game the show wiki? with the pre <laughs> What the Wiki is the pressed up podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page for an unknown game, and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess with the round ending after someone bags themselves two points. They win the round. Shannon, that was you last week. Not only being the first of two points, but doing it with a clean sweep as well, which bagged you a bonus third point. The first time ever in the history of What the Wiki that has happened. What an honor what an that honor. must be for you. Massive. It is the biggest honor of all. A recap of the scoring. We have Brody and James tied in first place on 16 points. Uh, myself in second on 14. Shannon now in third on 13. Kieran on 12. Harry on one. And James W with nil poids. Um, and Shannon, of course, as a last week's winner, you are in the hosting chair today. And boy, do you look excited. <laughs> This is, yeah, it's going to be messy. I'll just... Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the internet in this call is extra chaotic for some reason. <laughs> it's real bad. Which it's is not, not needed when six, I'm six, hosting. Six might be too many for my internet. Oh, God. Case in point. Okay. A for the, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fuck it the up. game is a 2009 graphic adventure video game developed by Telltale Games. It yeah. is the fifth... It is the fifth game in the series released nearly a decade after the previous installment. It was developed for Windows and the Wii and released in five episodic segments between July and December 2009. In contrast to Telltale's previous episodic adventure games, whose chapters told discrete stories, each chapter of the game is part of an ongoing narrative. Players assume the role of a pirate who, while attempting to destroy his nemesis... I don't know the title. <laughs> Brody. Un- yes, Brody. Tales of Monkey Island. It is Tales of Monkey Island. <laughs> That's well what it done. was. Well done, Brody. Brody. James Brody looks back in first enthralled with that game choice. <laughs> game number two. The game is a 2003 tactical role-playing game developed and published for the Nintendo Game Boy Advance. The game shares several traits with 1997's game of 
a very close name. Or so, Kieran. The what was the, what was, can I get the year? Kieran. 2003, but I feel like Kieran will get it. Yeah. Is it Final Fantasy Tactics Advance? It is Final Fantasy oh. Tactics Advance. Well Huge. done, Kieran. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The game is a 2001 action role-playing <laughs> hack-and-slash game developed by Snowblind Studios for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox console. It was later ported to the GameCube by high-voltage software and to the Game Boy Advance by Magic Pockets. The game was published by Black Owl Studios, a division of Interplay Entertainment, and distributed by Vivendi Universal Games. James. This is... Yes, James. Is it Hunter the Reckoning? It is not Hunter the Reckoning. Okay. The game is set in the Forgotten Realms campaign setting of Dungeons and Dragons, and the gameplay is based on the rules of Dungeons and Dragons 3rd Edition, which were released in the year 2000. It is the first video game to implement the real-time application of the new rules. It is also the first in the series released on console as opposed to... Is it... Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. It is Baldur's Gate Dark Wowie. Alliance. Well done, Kieran. I was way out of my depth for all of those ones. Mm. <laughs> what, a, what a great round. Diverse games, not like each other. <laughs> Just here, there, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> really kept us on our toes. Wowie. Well done, Kieran. Uh, that uh, moved you up into third place. Leapfrogged over oh, Shannon. No. So rather bad. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's bring an end to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au where you will not only find Harry's full review of Final Fantasy 16, but all of Brody's previews discussed today. We've been joined today by Shannon. You can follow me at Shannon Grixie on everything. Amazing. I don't know why I've, I said I've that, definitely, on I've definitely updated the graphics now. The graphics all still okay. Amazing. Perfect. Yes, for awesome. now, until I decide to change something else. And, until I, like, copy an old file from, like, three weeks ago and it throws it all out of whack again. Uh, also joining us today was James. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at James, A-T-J-A-M-Z. Sharing his review of Final Fantasy 16, it was Harry. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Harry underscore Callow. Go read all of our FF coverage and SGF coverage. There is just a boatload on the site at the moment. It's impressive to see. Um, bagging himself the points in What the Wiki today, it was Kieran. Yeah, H-A-S-H underscore B-R-A-U-N on Twitter. And fresh from LA and Summer Games Fest, it was Brody. Thank you. You can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. I should have just like ended that sentence with fresh. It was Brody. <laughs> that would have been equally as true. And I've been your host, Ian Roxbury. You can follow me on Twitter at you and underscore Roxbury. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, happy gaming. Bye. 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 Bye.